Hello, podcast family. Welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and it's a joy to be with you today. Hope you are doing well as always. Hope you're overcoming those challenges that we're, we're facing, and hope you're persevering through those uh, struggles that, that might be in front of you. And I'm so glad that you are with me today on our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges that we face in life. Hey friends, today's a special episode. It's episode 100. Wow. (laughs) I gotta be honest with you, when I uh, first started this podcast, I wasn't real sure how long it would last. I I typically don't want to do things if they're not helping people, and I don't uh, know how much this helps people. I ask every week for some feedback. Don't don't get a ton, but get some, and I appreciate what I get. I'm grateful for that. But this is episode 100, and I I just uh, so appreciate um, the goodness of God to help me do this, and I want to give a special thanks to uh, my great, great friend and family, Grace Joseph, who helps run the back end of the website and is not just doing the tech support, but is a constant encouragement her and her husband Arun, just a beautiful family, great friends and family for us. And so thank you, Grace, for all of your encouragement and your support and helping put the website together and posting these podcasts. I also want to thank my wife, who uh, weekly doesn't mind me coming down to the lower basement of our home and spending some time with you on this podcast. And to all of you that are listening, thank you for having been with me for however long you have. We're together in this, right? We're a podcast family. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for spending uh, all of this time with me. And hopefully we're learning together. If you want to know more about me or other resources that are available, you can go to lancebain.com. And there are many other resources there. There's also a copy of today's handwritten notes for the podcast in case This is stuff you'd like to ponder more about, study more, share with your team, share with others. You can get a copy of the handwritten notes as a PDF at lancebain.com. Click on podcast and click for Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. And today is episode number 100. So we're going to continue talking about the subject we brought up last week team-based leadership. And there's an old proverb. I don't know where it comes from. I heard it was a African proverb, but I'm not really sure it matters where it comes from. I, I think it's so true. I think it's really important to consider and relevant to think about. And it says this, if you want to run fast, run alone. If you want to run far, run together. If you want to run fast, you should probably run by yourself. If you want to run alone, uh, run far, you need to run together. I'm not a much of a runner or a cyclist. I've watched a little bit of those things on TV before. And what I've noticed is that in a long, a long running event like a marathon or a long biking, cycling event, like maybe uh, something on the Tour de France or something, that you have what these guys are called pace setters or women that are called pace setters. They get out in front and they they really elevate the pace at which they're, they're running or they're riding and but rarely does the pace setter ever win the race. Their job is to sort of set a pace, but their job isn't really to win the race. And rarely ever does the pace setter win the long-term race. They might win a short-term uh, sprint or something like that, but they don't win the long run. And friends, leadership is about the long run. 
It's not about the short run. And oftentimes in leadership, because we value, in a healthy way, we value productivity, we value empowerment, we value adding adding value to people, we want to make the lives of others better. It's easy in our healthy place when we're leading like that to get tempted into places of insecurity and fall into comparison. And so we alter our leadership in an unhealthy way because we're trying to run with the pace setters rather than keeping a vision for the long run. Unhealthy leaders will fall into the insecurity traps, the comparison traps, uh, rebranding traps. They don't stay faithful to their core values. They're always adjusting mission and vision statements. They're always adjusting values. They're, they're just always adjusting. And so there's a level of instability and inconsistency that you experience with them. And it's because we as leaders have fallen into the trap of running with the pace setters who are going to burn out in the short run and they don't actually finish the cross the finish line in a way that we want. Now, pace setters usually finish the the race, but we're talking about Paul talked about run the race as if you as if you were the only one who is who is going to win, but everyone's going to win. So friends, I'm talking to you today about endurance and I'm talking to you today about how team-based leadership is important for running the long race. Now last week we talked about in the team building leadership, how leadership fundamentally is about adding value to others. It's to serve, it's to protect, it's to foster an environment for empowerment. But how do you actually build a team like that? So it's not just one individual who's adding value to others, serving, protecting, and fostering an environment of empowerment, but it's a collected whole that is adding value to others, serving, protecting, and creating an environment, a culture, if you will, of empowerment. And so we want to talk about the team building process. That's how you run far. You run with others and you build this team. And so last week in building the team, we talked about that the first step of the team building process is to recruit people. You can listen to that in episode 99. I went into a little bit of depth on the recruiting process. And so I don't want to recover all of that today, but just to remind us that that is the first step in the team building process. So we're going to cover the other four steps today and how they need to be fleshed out, if you will, rolled out in our team. All right. So the team building process, uh, the first step is recruitment. The second step is to orient, to orient. How do you orient your new team members to your team? This is about providing an on-ramp for success. How do you help them? So you want to think about resources. You want to think about educating and policies and values, procedures, mission, vision. You want to think about defining success for them continually over and over and over. It's about educating them in your staff culture. What's really important? How do you do conflict resolution? You just want to orient them to an on-ramp. And so a lot of this is, has to do with being clear about this on-ramp. You think about an on-ramp on a highway. It's not the whole highway. It's long enough for you to get up to speed, but it's not the actual highway. It's not the actual highway of leadership, of their job description, their roles that we've talked about in previous podcasts. This is just to say, how does the orient process, maybe it's a two or three day thing that you work with your HR department or you do some Zoom training or you sit down in a one-on-one. Maybe it's something you can cover in just a 45-minute coffee. 
depending on your leadership context, there needs to be an orienting that you do for those team members and volunteers who have said yes to a level of responsibility. So think about how you can provide an on-ramp. It's short-term, not long-term. And it's really a how do I educate about values, policies, procedures, conflict resolution. How do I fill out certain paperwork? What is expected of me? And you've covered some of that, obviously, as people have joined your team. But this is what you want to think about. So when we talked about in recruitment, role, responsibilities, commitments, constraints, resources, these are the things you want to think about you're giving. In the orienting process, you're going a little deeper into roles and responsibilities, commitments, and you're helping people find a successful on-ramp. Okay, the third step in the team-based leadership, the team-building process, is to train people train people. And this is where you're moving from just giving information, sitting down with a 45-minute coffee, or maybe it's a longer two- to three-day event that your HR department has put together. Training moves from just simply giving information to actually hands-on experience. You're training people. And when you create the hands-on experience, you're wanting to release to them responsibility. And if you're releasing to them responsibility, Make sure they know what success is in the responsibility. Make sure that they know what the goals and what you're trying to accomplish in the training. And you want to make sure that you're clearly articulating this is what success is. So in training, not only have you given them a responsibility, a defined role, you're also giving them a defined outcome. You're defining for them success. You also want to be close to that process. We've did a series of podcasts. I don't remember the episode numbers just coming to me as I'm thinking as I'm putting this together for you. I don't remember the episodes. We did a series of podcasts. I'll try to find it for you next week. A series of episodes where we talked about the role of mentoring, where it's I do it, I do, you do it, I watch, uh, I do it, I do it, you watch, you do it, I watch, and then you do it. And then the fifth step was you do it and someone else is watching you. And so it's a reproductive process of training uh, folks on exactly what you're doing. So let's say, for example, you run a small group in your church and your job is to facilitate worship. Now, what does that actually mean? How long do you want to worship? What resources are available for worship? Is there a Bluetooth uh, audio device that I can use? Are we using YouTube or some sort of online platform through your television and sound system? Are we singing a cappella? Do I need to put bring out handheld music sheets, you know, old school paper with words on them? How long do you want me to sing? I'm not the best singer. Can I ask someone else to participate? What about instruments? Can we have a guitar? How are we going to arrange the seating? What's it going to be like? How do we do this in a COVID environment? I mean, does that make sense? Now you're starting to get to some real hands-on ideas about how you can actually do that. Orienting is providing a quick on-ramp for what success looks like, and you're educating culture, values, policy, mission, vision. This is how we do things. Step number three is training people. You're moving from information to hands-on. You're giving responsibility. You're giving empowerment. You're giving resources. You're articulating the defined outcomes that you want. Here's step number four in the team building process. After you've oriented them, and that can be very quickly, and you're training them, which is generally longer, just in the the fact that you're, you're taking longer to do this process, 
then you get to to leadership. Now, leadership can really happen at training. At the same time, let me describe for you the difference. The difference I'm, I'm articulating today between training and leadership, friends, is that training is about corporate success, ministry success, development, and leadership is about personal success. You're incorporating more personal aspects to that. There's a wonderful book out there you may enjoy reading called The Dream Manager. And it's written as an allegory, and it's basically written as a, as a, a gentleman who owns a company, and he realizes that he hires a, a life coach on his staff, and that the life coach's job is to life coach the employees. And the premise of the book is, the more a company or an organization or a ministry can help their employees, their volunteers, their staff accomplish personal dreams, it elevates the quality of work that the company gets. You simply get a happier, more content and satisfied employee or volunteer showing up in your organization every week. People want something more than just a paycheck. They want something more than just an opportunity to serve, like my volunteer organization. People want to know that we're going to take time to help them achieve and accomplish personal dreams, that their voice matters, that they can shape the culture the values. Leadership happens, and it's really about the development of the personal person. And that's why you can do leadership and training at the same time. It simply means that you are in a dual conversation. So when I do a leadership development with with my volunteers and my staff, we talk a little bit about professional success. What are you celebrating within your own ministry, your professional areas? But then we move that conversation after about 20, 25 minutes into personal success. And I have my staff set personal growth goals. Sometimes they're related to their job, but many times I want them thinking about personal areas of growth. And that's the beauty of leadership. Now you're cultivating friends, a win-win scenario that you're, or, you're training and orienting this person to professional ministry, organizational success, by defining for them culture, values, policies, procedures, conflict resolution. You've given them an on-ramp, and you're giving them hands-on responsibility. You're defining outcomes. You're providing resources. And so not only is your company, your organization, your ministry benefiting from your orientation and your training of this individual or this team, but now you they're getting personal success through your leadership development, and now you have someone showing up in your organization who's a much happier, much more satisfied much more content person, and you've got this wonderful collision, a beautiful big bang happening <laughs> in your leadership of personal growth and accomplishment, along with adding value to professional success, values, mission, and purpose. I love it. So consider how you're going to orient, train, and lead those that are a part of your team or your organization. Okay, here's the fifth step, friends, my beloved friends, episode number 100. I'm so excited about that. Here's the fifth step in team-based leadership, part two, the team building process. The fifth step is to evaluate. So we've recruited, we've oriented, we've trained, we're leading, we're training, we're orienting, we're recruiting, and now we're evaluating. Evaluating is so important. Uh, because we might think we're actually experiencing what I just described as this big bang of leadership where the organization is succeeding because of the 
talent and skill and passion and devotion and commitment of this team member or this employee. And, and they're also having tremendous growth in their life, their marriage, their, their personal life has some real momentum, some perseverance or overcoming some things. That, that big bang, we like might actually think that is happening, but evaluation is going to tell you if that's really happening. <laughs> evaluation is this sobering reality. Are we actually accomplishing what we want? So when we talk about evaluating, the three sort of little uh, ideas that I would ask you to think about and put in place. Number one is feedback. How do you, how does your volunteers, how does your team, how does your staff provide feedback? What are the ways in which they can communicate to those around them or to those upwards in the organization? How do they communicate in that direction? Is it forms? Is it meetings? Is it conversations? Do you have an open door policy? Has that been stated? Has that been made clear? Are you as the leader intentional about asking the kind of questions that are going to solicit feedback? That's really important. And you need to think about what is the feedback culture going to look like within our broader culture? And you need a healthy feedback culture, friends. I can't overemphasize how valuable feedback is and it needs to be feedback meaning that what you hear and what you what you what you hear and what you receive is going to feed the organization we don't want critic back we don't want criticism back we don't want gossip back we don't want slander back we don't want judgment back we want feedback and so that the, what you're getting from folks and the way that you have created a feedback culture actually feeds people Second little idea in evaluation, evaluating, is rewards. Now, if you have a if you're paying an employee, there's obviously lots of ways in which you can create rewards through compensation, uh, through investment, through retirement accounts, through uh, additional time off, through paying for trainings, through sort of monthly bonuses or some sort of reward system. But I lead a volunteer organization, and that becomes. A little more challenging because there is not a financial base structure in which you can reward people. So you have to identify love languages. You have to identify what's valuable, what's important. And the more you can lean into love languages as ways in which you reward, you're not just offering organizational platitudes and platforms, which are important, but you're really getting to the deeper heart of the person. What really makes them feel loved? And that is the area I want to focus mainly my rewards. It could be from simple attaboys and words of affirmations, girls, to small gift cards, to um, sending folks to uh, trainings, um, to handwritten note cards, or publicly acknowledging an individual. There's lots of ways in which you can do that, spending time with them, doing fun things. Think about love languages in that. And here's the third idea for evaluating is next steps. Is there a next step that needs to be considered? We love where we're at. We're being fruitful. We're being productive where we are, both professionally and personally. Is there a next step? So while we're celebrating the fruitfulness of where we are, we're also looking, do we need to push outward the fences of our garden? Are there next steps that we need to consider to continue to see our growth and our success happen? So these are the five key steps of the team building process. Recruit, orient, train, lead, and evaluate. You want to have these in place, and I believe if you will, you will have a healthy team-based leadership. You won't be the one who burns out on the short run running alone. You'll be one who runs far 
with a healthy, enjoyable team. Hey friends, thanks for listening today to episode 100. I'm just geeking out over that. I appreciate you so much being with me. We'd love to hear from you. You can utilize LanceBain.com to do that. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Love you so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Ordinary people, extraordinary lives. Episode 101. See you next week, friends.